This is Sporting Max with Max Becker on SEN. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Sporting Max brought to you by Stitch Untitled for the fearless, not for the faint-hearted, for the determined and for the resilient. Today, also brought to you by Bastion Recruitment, better conversations, stronger outcomes. Head to bastiongrp.com. .au for your specialist recruiting needs in defence, engineering and construction. Joining me today is a Collingwood Magpie superstar. He's an All-Australian. He was certainly up there from my perspective in the best and fairest. He's a fierce, courageous player out on the field. Braden Maynard, Brazzy, it's great to have you on. Thanks, mate. I really, uh, really appreciate you having me on. Now, Braden, you've had shoulder surgery three months ago, uh, three weeks ago, sorry. Three weeks ago, can you yep. tell me about that? Sure can. I um, So pretty much what What's happened over the last sort of couple of years, I've, had, I've got really hypermobile shoulders. So um, they slip in and out really easily, like they're double jointed. Yep. So as I sit here talking to you, I can actually pop my shoulders in and out and I can oh. dislocate them. It's just, so they call that hypermobile. And um, when I'm playing footy, uh, what's happened a couple of times is that I will um, dislocate my shoulders, which I can do when I'm just sitting here. I can do it when I'm playing football, but what actually gives me the amount of pain that I've been in, which is quite excruciating, is the impact of the force or, or the um, situation. Yeah, so say... It's not it ha- just your force, it's going Yeah, exactly right. So yeah. um, I went for a smother, for example, against Essendon when I actually was ruled out for the last quarter and I smashed the ground and yep. as my shoulders do, they went in and out, but the force of that... Um, certain uh, part of the game and that certain injury really, really hurt my actual shoulder. So um, it went in and out really hard and um, at a high force, which then stretched out my little, um, um, what is it called? Um, so I've got like a little tear in there and it's just stretched the tear. Yeah. And every time I've done it over the last sort of couple of years, it's stretched even more and more and more. Oh. So um, it got to a point where, um, I kept having these episodes like smothers or whatever it may look like and the tear um, just had to be repaired. So, um, yeah, it's a bit of a weird one, but um, I've got to thank my dad for having uh, pretty shit shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> so how long's rehab take for that? Um, so you're pretty much back into full training at about 16, 16 weeks in. Yeah, right. Um, so I'll probably be back mid-Jan. Mid um, I haven't really been able to do much, mate. The first 10 days was... Uh, Pretty bloody hard sitting on the couch, not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't actually move at all. I couldn't sneeze. I couldn't cough without actually being in a lot of pain. Wow. So I just had to sit there, relax, um, have painkillers and do absolutely nothing, which is um, something I hate doing because I feel like I uh, always want to be on the move and always want to be doing things. Yeah, absolutely. Now there was a moment in the prelim final against the Swans and I think it had a couple of commentators <laughs> that night on Channel 7 and Fox footy questioning a bit. Now you're rubbing the uh, all the oil and deep heat off buddy's uh, <laughs> off buddy's arms. Can you take me through yep. that? Um, so what was basically happening? He he oils himself up. So it, and I understand why they can do it. And Patrick Dangerfield does it. Joel Selwood does it. And you literally when especially with big tall yeah, forwards. Yeah. Exactly right. When you come up against them and they're trying to shrug you and get rid of you, it just makes it so much easier for them to lose you. And that's what was happening when I was playing on him. He kept – it happened a couple times. He would be one-on-one, we'd be wrestling, fighting, and then I would just slip off him because he would shrug me and then my hands, arms would just kind of slip off his arms because I was so oily. Yeah. 
And I was like, there's no friction there. I was like, what the hell? Like, what is going on? And I've looked at his arms and they were bloody oilies or hell. (laughs) So I was like, all right, well, I've got to do something. I'm not going to just let him have oily arms because then that's a benefit to him. So I went up to him and then I actually had no idea that the cameras were on on him. So I've gone up and I've just started wiping the (laughs) oil off him. Um, And then he was like, what the hell are you doing, blah, blah. I'm like, mate, you're that oily, like. I need to rub it off somehow. And then I got on my hands and I had all hands, so I just rubbed it on the ground. But, um, yeah, it's something that I haven't had to deal with before. Um, so it was a bit of an interesting one, but um, I can see why that he has done that over the last, um, yeah, of, of his uh, journey. So now this year, Collingwood and you guys specifically have been known for your tactical defense and the way you set up over the ground. How do you guys, how many times do you repeat certain structures at training to polish off games in extraordinary fashion like you have this year? Mate, we do it every, pretty much every main training session. Um, every every session we do some sort of game-like scenario-based um, training standard skill. And I feel like when when we do this at training, it just it, it's in the back of our minds. We know what to do when we uh, go out there and, and, and uh, play on a Saturday or Friday or Sunday, whenever it may be. But we do train these things and that's why... Do you when, train for the tight close-out games? Yeah, absolutely we yep. do, mate. We... We have certain scenarios that the coaches put us in and then we um, yeah play to the structure and whatever that may look like. So I feel like we've been able to do that this year really, really well. We've been um, acting like winners and training our absolute butts off and um, no wonder we came from 17th to, to 4th, uh, finishing in the top four. And uh, it's a credit to the coaching staff and the players to be able to go out and train these scenarios and then when we need them um, in a game, we... We do it with ease because it's, um, yeah, at the back of our minds. Now, Ed Langdon spoke on SEN earlier in the year coming up against you boys. Now, he said Collingwood are a bit of a one-horse, one-trick pony. How did you take that and <laughs> approach that with the mentality heading into the weekend? Uh, it was quite funny. I I actually got sent that. and um, Who said, who sent it to you? No, I won't say. It was, Not it one, was of the one of the boys? It was one of the boys, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, he sent it to me and I just replied, this bloke must have a death wish. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, in the nicest way possible. So I was actually really G'd up when he did say something like that because, um, yeah, it adds a bit of flavor and a bit of spice to the game. And then when I uh, got the first crack at him, I, I actually couldn't believe it was happening. But, um, yeah, I'm glad that I was able to, uh, play a big tackle and get the crowd involved because it was a pretty big one. (laughs) <laughs> it was abs- yeah. it was absolutely massive. When you got up off the ground after tackling, what did you think first thought? Well, I was just I had about four or five blokes just jump on me, try to get me off, and then I was just like, "What is going on? What is going on?" And then the umpire pretty much got the ball and went the ball the uh, the ball up straight away. So I was just like, "Well, I got to get back on with it." Um, yeah. Uh, so I had to focus on the next play. Yeah, absolutely. Now you grew up. You know, as sort of a young sort of footballer playing out of Hampton in the VA. VAFA, sorry. Um, you've also represented Sandy Dragons um, in the TAC Cup. What was your junior footy like and what was it like growing up as a kid for you alongside your brother Corey? Mate, I absolutely loved playing footy. I also loved playing basketball, cricket, tennis. I just played anything that I could. Um, that I could, And um, dad was huge on that and so was mum. Um, but football was always probably my number one. I mean, basketball was pretty much number one as well but yeah I've always I've always liked football um, because it's more of a contact sport and I've just always loved it and my family always loved it and uh, dad play my grandpa's play brothers played um, 
you know, so yeah, it's in our family blood. And I, um, as a junior footballer, I, I did love um, playing in Hampton Rovers. And then when we got to under seventeens, we joined from uh, joined Hampton Rovers and uh, East Brighton, Brighton Vampires or whatever together yep. because we couldn't get enough from each team. Um, so we joined them, and then we went undefeated that whole year, won the flag. So I. Yeah, I pretty much played the same way as I do now, like just aggressive tackling. I just gave it my absolute all in every contest, and that's what I feel like I do these days. Like if I if I go out there, I'm just going to give it my absolute all um, 100% of the time. And, I mean, there is times where you are pretty, pretty cooked and can't do that, but you just mm-hmm. give what you've got in the tank um, to every contest. And... Um, I feel like I do that pretty good and I feel like I've been able to do that this year. How's your game since you were a kid evolved? I mean, has it changed what position position you've played changed throughout your junior to senior career? Um, sort of. I mean, I've always sort of played in the back line. Um, junior footy, the Hampton Rovers and whatnot and tack up, I'd, I always changed from back to mid um, mm-hmm. and then forward every now and then. But I've never really been a big forward, but I tell you what, I wouldn't mind going up there because I reckon I'd be able to kick a couple. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I've always been in the back line and then sort of gone through the midfield, um, whatever that may be. But um, yeah, who knows, mate? I, I do love playing in the back line. I feel like it's my um, preferred spot, but I uh, mm. yeah, I'd love to be in the midfield. And you did see – oh, sorry – I've got, a bit, I've got a bit of a cough at the moment. I've got a bit yep. of a sore throat and whatever. I don't have COVID though, that's for sure. <laughs> um, no, so there's sometimes I actually go through the midfield and I really do enjoy it, but it's just to give the other blokes a rest. Um, so, yeah, I, I obviously do whatever the coaches want me to do and it's, um, yeah, it's been good fun. What was the TAC Cup in 2013-2014 like for you? First year, 2013, you played 13 games and then you go – next year, 2014, and play 17 for the Sandy Dragons. And now that 2014 season averaging 22 touches and six tackles a game. Yeah, so I actually remember a little bit of a story. under. So I was bottom age tack up and um, <laughs> they were reading out. Because I, I, well, first of all, I went to a, um, I went to De La Salle and we played. You started, you we, were coaching there, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. Like so I played, I played at De La, I went to De La Salle, so our footies on Wednesday and then like Halebury, like Brighton Grandma, yeah. APS, they play all their footy on a Saturday. And the first six rounds or whatever it was, Tack Cup, they play their strongest sides. So when I was a bottom major and I, I didn't get picked in the first team um, as a bottom major because they pretty much had full strength teams yeah. um, from all the APS schools playing. So when I didn't get called out as a bottom major, um, for Tack Cup to play for Sandy, I was I went home and I was crying. I was bawling my eyes out. I was like, nah, this is not for me, blah, blah. Anyway, I finally got my opportunity that year when all the APS boys um, went and played their school footy. So like Josh Kelly, Christian Salem, all yep. that. They went and played their APS footy. And then a um, yeah, spot in the team obviously opened up as a bottom major. And then I played pretty much every game from there. Um I feel like I made a bit of a statement as a bottom major. Um, I do remember one game out in Preston. Maybe I, I was just, yeah, I felt like that was sort of the, the turning point. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, Dad was just giving me a massive rap after the game, and that's when I knew that football was probably my priority um, and that I could um, do something with football if I really put my mind to it. So, obviously, bottom age, played a few games, and then top age, um yeah, obviously, 
loved playing loved playing there as a as a top ager, um, playing all the games and then making Vic Metro and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, football um, was huge to me as soon as I got picked as a bottom major in the tack up because I knew that was my chance and I absolutely gave it my all and here I am today. Yeah, absolutely. So then 2015, you get drafted, but I want to go to that 2000, that um, champion, and uh, under 18, sorry, championships. You played alongside Darcy Moore, Jordan Dugowie, teammates currently. What was that like having that experience heading into a professional AFL career? Yeah, it was amazing. I am, um, and it's, it's quite cool that we were still playing together, Geordie, uh, Geordie uh, Darcy and myself. Um, I was just trying to think of other names that I got, we got drafted with, but um, Matthew Goodyear. I think that yeah, Matthew Good. I think there was about eight of us, mm-hmm. and there's only three of us left. And um, there's I don't know the stat, but there's a stat where um, when you get drafted with a certain amount of people, you only end up playing with say one or two in, in the years to come. Yep. So for me, Geordie and Darcy to be able to still play with each other, um, they do say it's uh, one of the best draft years Collingwood's had. I'm not too sure about that, but it, <laughs> no, it's been great that we've been able to play some good footy and um, I feel like we're going to be the next sort of group taking this club forward. Yeah, in the leadership group um, as well. Who's your best mate at the club? Is it is it Geordie? Yeah, it's Geord, definitely Geord. Um, Darcy Cameron, um, he's uh, come for, obviously come from Sydney a couple of years ago and when he walked in, I thought... Um, I'd be able to get along with this bloke. We had a few conversations and, uh, yeah, we kicked it off. So, yeah, I've got a few best mates there, but, like, generally the the feel around the club from the last sort of couple of years, um, everyone is seriously really close. And mm-hmm. um, some of the meetings and conversations we've had as groups and um, stuff like that has been, has been truly amazing. It's a credit to all the coaches to be able to do that and bring that upon us because – um, yeah, there were blokes falling out of love of the club and the relationship sort of between players and staff and players and players wasn't that wasn't that great. And I feel like, yeah, the coaches have been able to come in, especially Fly, and we've been able to build this group back up to where it was. Yeah, absolutely. 30th pick overall in the 2014 National Draft. What was that draft process like for you? I mean, skills testing, agility, beep tests, all that kind of thing, and the combine as well. Not that great, mate. I was, um, yeah, I wasn't that. I wasn't that fit. Uh, my agility wasn't that great. Um, I pretty much got drafted on my effort and aggressiveness. And I did I you have like, confidence in yourself heading into that draft? Yeah, I, I had. I didn't have too much confidence. Like I always thought. Obviously, footy was something that I wanted to do, and I was I was on my number one uh, priority list, and I was doing anything and everything I could to do to to do what I want uh, in the future. And that was obviously play AFL. Um, and there were a lot of sacrifices that I had to take. There were a lot of mistakes that I made along the way. Um, but mate, I, I just knew that if I just kept playing football, um, being aggressive, tackling hard, being the best teammate I possibly can, it'll look after itself because I was never really fit. Um, agility wise, I wasn't great. I was quick, but, um, yeah, I just put it, put it down to performing and um, to being the best teammate I could be. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned sacrifices that you have to put and all athletes have to put make sacrifices to get where they want to go in a professional sporting career. What are the, some of those sacrifices that you've had to make yourself? Mate, I, I really – so when I was young, sort of 
17, more 18. I really liked going out, having fun, um, not really making the right decisions. Yeah. Going out with mates, partying, all that kind of stuff. So I really had to knuckle down on that and bring it back a bit and realize the opportunity that I had maybe in front of me um, needed needed to happen, but I needed to make certain changes in my life to be able to do what I want um, and be where I want in the future. So mate, absolutely loved having time, time in my life with mates and everything, but footy was something that I really wanted to do. So I knuckled down for a bit and don't get me wrong, I still really enjoy time with my mates and having fun, um, but there are times where Maybe I used to would have gone out, but now I don't. I make the right decisions. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it's obviously you're young and all your mates are kind of – you're finishing school and you want to go out and you want to party and all that, but you you have to make the right decisions. And um, I, I was learning and I was growing up, but I am grateful and honoured of the opportunity that Collingwood gave me and the trust that they have in me. So I feel like I'm still developing as a player and a, and a human off-field, but I feel like I'm heading in the right direction, that's for sure. So I want to do a bit of a coach comparison now. So Nathan Buckley and Craig McRae, there's huge differences between coaching styles. Obviously, Nathan Buckley was could get a bit aggressive sometimes. He was a more demanded, lots of action. And Craig McRae is more subtle. He's more the player's coach. He's the modern-day era of what players want a coach to be. Is that right? Yeah, that is right. He is the modern-day coach. And um, there are a few teams at the moment trying to go get coaches. And I just honestly think that, It'll be quite hard to find anyone ever like Fly. Like he is um, some something different. Like I've never ever witnessed anything like it. He's um, he's a gentleman. He's a, an amazing coach. He's an amazing people person, and um, he he's a lover. He's a hugger, and he just wants the best uh, the best for you. And if you need to kick up the ass, he's definitely going to give it to you. Um, he was coached by Lee Matthews and. Um, some of the stories he had about he has about him, him and him coaching is is amazing. So um, yeah, it's been amazing to be able to play under him and the game style and the way we're playing is um, yeah a lot a lot different to how we used to play. This leads us into our Monday Distillery question of the week. High spirits, clear minds. Monday Distillery award winning non alcoholic beverages. Head to mondaydistillery.com to purchase the drinks with all the spark of good and alcohol free. Available at independent supermarkets, bottle shops, Dan Murphy, 7 Eleven, and Coles Local. Head over to mondaydistillery.com.au. Now, our question of the week, Braden, this week is from Sydney Kings star in the NBL, Sean Bruce. Oh. <laughs> Brucey, Brucey, Brucey. Oh, he, wa- he, he wants to know who would win in a one-on-one, you or your brother Corey? <laughs> one-on-one basketball game or? Either. We'll go both. We'll go both. Um, I reckon my brother would have me. I reckon my brother would have me quite easily. I'm uh, Basketball? Yeah, basketball he would have me quite easily. Football I reckon I would have him. But um, I tell you what, it used to be on in the backyards back in the day. We used to punch on and. Um, if something didn't go my way, I'll just end up tackling into the ground. So, yeah. <laughs> it's, um, nah, it's a great question, Brucey. It's good to hear from you, mate. <laughs> Absolutely. What a superstar. Sean Bruce, can you take me through your debut, Braden, in that 2015 season? I believe it was round 14. Round 14, yes. It was a bit of a sad day. I'm not too sure if you can remember it. It was the day Phil Walsh passed away, mm-hmm. um, the tragic death of Phil Walsh. He obviously... Um, he got stabbed by his son and they were actually going to call the whole round off. Um, and it was Darcy Moore and 
Ayers' first game, and we had no idea what was going to go to, uh, if it was going to go to head. Sorry, um, if it was going to still be played, if our game or if every game was going to be cancelled. But they did go ahead with every game bar the Adelaide game, which obviously yeah. makes a lot of sense. Um, so, yeah, a bit of a weird, bit of a weird sort of preparation, different preparation, and obviously a tragic one. But got to go out on Friday night, play against Hawthorne, who were in, who were obviously the best team in the last couple of years, then mm. in 2015. And um, absolutely loved it in front of 80,000 people. MCG, Friday night, under lights, like, it was just truly amazing. And um, there's a few funny stories from the first game, but um, maybe we can uh, speak about them off air, which is pretty <laughs> funny. But, yeah, it was a great, obviously great to experience with Darcy Moore as well, but um, absolutely amazing night, and I will never forget it. So what about... When you first get out on the ground, you walk through the tunnel. I've heard from guys like at the Saints, like Rowan Marshall, he, was, he said he was running around that first quarter of his debut like a headless chook. What, yeah. was, what was that first few minutes like for you where you just got to ease into that AFL footy and then go, right, I've, I'm in my place. This is – I yeah. know how to play. Pretty bizarre. Like, it's pretty pretty intense. But I remember Pendles came up to me before the game and just said, mate, go out in the field before the game, look around in the stands, look around at the people – um, and then come back inside, do your warm-up, and then go outside and then have another look around and just take it all in. Um, and that's pretty much what I did. And it's weird. When you get out there, like, even to this day, you kind of forget that there's 80,000-odd people watching you and you're just out there and you're playing the game. But in the first two games this year when I missed and I was sitting in the stands, it just put it into perspective what it is like to be out there. And I was like, what the hell? Like, this is what it's like to watch a game of football because I hadn't done it for ages. I hadn't watched yep. from the stands and I was watching from the stands. I was like, well, that's, that's normally me out there playing. Like this is you don't notice really amazing. 80, and, and you don't notice. And all I was making their around. own assumptions, all exactly opinions right. and everyone. And yep. I heard people next to me bloody hurling abuse. I thought, far out. Like they could probably be hurling abuse at me and I don't yep. even know when I'm <laughs> out there. But it was great to get that different perspective. Um, I mean, I had that perspective when I was watching 2015 before I got a game, but they didn't um, know what it was yeah, like. Yeah, hadn't actually, been for that. ages. Yep. But, um, yeah, it was, it was quite amazing. So love, obviously, um, being out there in front of 80,000 diehard supporters and it is something that I love doing and it's my dream come true. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what about when it comes to people like Steel Sidebottom, Scott Penderbury at the club, what's it like to have those kinds of leaders and veterans around the group? Yeah, they're awesome. They're awesome for the group, and um, I honestly feel like those two, both of them, could play for another ten years. Like they are absolutely killing it. They're they're really professional in everything they do, and um, the way they've been able to lead this group with a pretty young group um, the last couple of years has been a credit to them. And I've loved playing under Pendles. Is obviously the only captain I've ever had, but the way he's been able to lead on and off the field is um, the best I've seen. So. Um, yeah, and also with Sidey, he's just a professional, works so bloody hard, he's fit and has a crack. So, um, yeah, I'm absolutely love playing playing with him. When you get into the highs and lows of a player's and an athlete's careers, it comes up every now and then that might be a grand final. So can you take me the week in preparation of the lead-up to that 2019 – oh, sorry, 2018 grand, grand final. final. Yeah, right. I um. Easily one of the best, or if not the best week of my life, like the build-up for a grand final in the back of the Utes, mm-hmm. sitting next to Geordie, getting interviewed. Um, yeah, just like it was quite bizarre because I was young. We're only three years into our career and to make a grand final, 
um, against West Coast was amazing. Obviously, it didn't go our way on the day, but the build-up, um, the grand final parade, it was just so much fun. Um, I really loved it. But, mate, that that uh, last call with about a couple of minutes to go in the last quarter when there was a block, Dom Sheed kicked that goal, mate. It still haunts me to this day, um, knowing that I probably could have been a premiership player and um, well, Chris Feeney, my manager, he's a, he's a huge Pies fan. He goes, mate, he goes, I was sitting in the stands, ground level that day. He goes, I saw it. He goes, I burst into tears. He goes, mate. I cried. Oh, I can't even believe he kicked that as well. Like, first of all, I was blocked. They didn't call it. And then he bloody kicked that goal from the boundary line. Um, but, yeah, I do see it on social media. Now, will you Rioli goes to Port Adelaide? Exactly yeah. right. <laughs> Who knows? I don't really care. I don't really want to talk about it, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll get into, into – so then – Year later, 2019, you pulled fifth in the Copeland Trophy. What did that mean to you? You know, you've got the respect of your teammates, the club, and you know where you're going in terms yeah, of your career. I um, I I um, yeah, I'm too sure. Like when I when I finished fifth, I was really proud of what I've been able to put in, right? Because um, mm-hmm. it'd been yeah, three four years into my career, and I was kind of making my make my way into the system because it's one thing being drafted and it's another thing actually getting kickstarted into the career and being yep. an AFL player. And, um, yeah, you, you love getting drafted, but mate, it's bloody hard to get into the system from when you get drafted. You mm. got to work your butt off. And that's pretty much what I did for the first three years. And I, uh, I think I might've come top 10 or whatever in the first couple of years. And then when I got top five, um, in 2019, yeah, I was obviously really proud of what I've been able to put in, and um, we'd had another good year. Obviously, fell short again, but it was uh, it was really good fun. And um, yeah, twenty nine, what a crazy, crazy year! Um, not knowing that COVID was about to hit for the next couple of years and being absolute joke and pretty hard to the competition. But mate, finishing top five, um, loved it. And then I think the years to come, I might have finished top five again, and then um, a second. Whatever, but yeah, I've been able to um, be a consistent sort of player and get out there every week and just do the best for my teammates. So it's been good. So this year there've been huge differences and milestone games, um, not only for players around you but yourself. One fiftieth this year. What yep. was what was that like? It's great fun. One fifty. I couldn't believe. I cannot believe it's come around so quickly. Like you, you have people come in and say you haven't played a game yet or you're at the start of your career and you have past players come in and they talk about how quick your career goes. And you're kind of just sitting there, just kind of listening and not really taking it in, which I did. I, I will admit that. I We would have uh, speakers come in, past players or whatever, and they talk about that. You need to start worrying about what you're doing off-field after your footy career because it goes really quick and I'm kind of sitting there going, oh, it's yeah, eight no, years no, away, no, 10 years yeah, away. Yeah, whatever it may look like. And um, I started playing footy. And then, mate, next thing you know, I'm 150-odd games into my career and I just couldn't believe. Like, when I got to my 100th, it was obviously in COVID, so I couldn't have any family or anything there. 150th, had all my mates, family, so it was quite a special moment for me. But, mate, I cannot believe how bloody quick it has gone. So um, I'm assuming the next sort of part of my career is going to go just as quick. So I'm looking forward to seeing what the club and myself can do. Have you given any thought to... Anything after football? Yeah, I have. I, I love teaching. I love coaching football. Um, I love coaching DLA, which I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
in their in their free so how season. How often, so, often do you get that down there? So it's over a term. Yeah. Um. So you get there sort of once a week. Um. But it just depends when it matches up with my schedule. Yeah. Uh, so sometimes I can't get down there every week, but I try to get to as many games as possible. Um. Unfortunately, I can't get to too many just because of the schedule matchups. But yeah, love helping out, love coaching, love teaching. Did some stuff at uh, Port Phillip Special School in um, Port Melbourne. Absolutely love that. So I do. Love giving back to the community, so, yeah. Jamie Elliott's goal after the siren against Essendon today. We have to talk about it. Everyone's Absolutely. Everyone's got to talk. What was that like for you? Where were you on the ground at that point in time? And Well, I wasn't on the ground, mate. I was uh, – <laughs> That's so in the third quarter, I went for a smother, and that's when I really hurt my shoulder. Yeah. Um, and that's when I thought, All right, I'm probably going to have to get something done at the end of the mm-hmm. season here. And, um, mate, that game was, I reckon, the most intense game – I've ever been a part of bar 2018 grand final um, and all the finals. But, mate, that game, like, because we'd won previously eight or nine times and we'd, this streak was just hot. Eight and or it was nine a, in a row. You go on a 10, you go on a record yeah, breaking 11 exactly or 12. exactly right. Yeah. And they're like, Essen are a really good team. I don't understand if how they that, switch on. Exactly right. And they're a hard team to beat. And they were on top. They were, they were beating us and. For us to come back with 30 seconds to go, like Trent Bianco's kick, oh, we'll start with Pendles, Pendles to Dars, Dars to Trainer, and Trainer, that kick was amazing, underrated kick, perfect. Hit Jamie, and then I was on the bench with the ice pack on my shoulder, big jacket on, and I thought, what the hell? Am I in some sort of dream right now? Like, what is going on? Well, you've just seen go bang, bang. Know. Anyway, he's lined up from 45, 50 out on the junction. I've just gone, no way he's going to kick. There's no way I'm on the on I'm on the bench with the coaches and um, a few of the other players and we're just like head in hands and then anyway we've looked up and he's just absolutely flushed it. He couldn't have flushed it any better and we've ran on. I could not give a shit about my shoulder right now. I've ran straight yeah. on, ice has fallen off, jacket's <laughs> fallen off one arm, and I've just jumped onto the boys and I've hurt my shoulder again because I've just yeah. not given um not given it any thought that I've yeah. uh, actually hurt my shoulder because the adrenaline was so high, mate. Like, mm-hmm. it was bizarre. It was crazy. So, um, mate, I'll probably never be in sort of – I'll never be involved, sorry, in a game like that, I don't reckon, ever again. Um, hopefully I do because it was seriously, seriously crazy. Yeah, absolutely. So, new inductions and inclusions to the side ahead of next year. Tommy Mitchell joins the team. Damn it. Stay. Bobby Absolutely. Hill. What's it going to be like to have Brownlow medalist Tom Mitchell in and around the club? I spoke to him in the off-season. He's, uh, I believe he's in the States at the moment. So. Yeah, he's in the States at the moment. I've actually spoken to him quite a bit. Um, he goes and works out at the same place I do at Pulse 8. Um, just a bit of a plug there, boys. Pulse 8, really good, really good uh, venue for people to go get fit in the off-season for any any sort of uh, footy footy player, whether that's developing, trying to get into the tack-up level um, from about 15, 15 years old onwards, um, they are bloody elite down there and the best of the best go there. So uh, good on your boys. But, yeah, Tommy Mitchell, huge inclusion to the club, um, along with Bobby Hill, Dan McStay and Frampton. Um, I haven't forgotten anyone ever. No, I think it's those no, two. And then obviously the new, four, recruits, yeah. uh, the new recruits sorry, that we'll get. Um, soon is that the end of this month? The new recruit? November twenty. Ah, uh, November twenty ninth. Yes, that's oh, the correct okay. date. Right. I believe it yep. is. Awesome. Yeah. So the inclusions of them, they're um at really good stages of their career. They've been they'll be able to come in and have a huge impact to mm. our to our team. And um, 
I'm really looking forward to seeing what we can produce in the years to come because I tell you what, mate, we're looking scary. We're looking really good. So off-season work, what do you put in in the off-season on a regular basis, obviously, if you didn't have that shoulder injury? Yeah, so I'd be straight pretty much – I'd give myself two weeks off doing nothing and I'd be straight to Pulsate. Um, and I had a massive uh, off-season there last year and they got me really fit. Um, Jossie and Corey down there who run the place and, um, yeah, it's an elite environment down there and um, they've got a lot of, a lot of footy players down there. Um, just getting the best out of themselves, and that's all they want. Mm-hmm. They want you to just go in there, rip in, do your best, and then hopefully see results. And I honestly felt like I saw a lot of results. Um, so thank you, boys, and um, yeah, do yourself a favour and get down there. So how'd you view your brother Corey's NBL career? <coughs> uh, I yeah, he obviously loved playing basketball. It didn't work out for him in the end, but he absolutely loved it, and he was such a competitor. He was a good shooter. Um, and he could just, yeah, really, really put his best foot forward when he went out there and just give it his all. And I loved going. I went to uh, Townsville a few times and watched him. And, um, yeah, I loved watching him on TV, hit a few gamers. Um, but he's obviously a huge role model and someone I've looked up to since I have um, since I was born. And, yeah, it's to this day he gives me uh, feedback, um, a lot of love, a lot of tough love sometimes. And, He's obviously been through a lot of professional environments, so he, he knows a lot, and I'm always learning off him. So what does your weekly sort of diet and schedule consist of? What about after a game? Do you carb load or do you go straight into fruit and veg? Um, I'm, yeah, I'm not too sure. I mean, sometimes I'm – I vary, mate. I, I don't have, like, a strict diet. Yeah, yeah. I kind of eat what you want, um, work it off sort of thing, but it's probably not the best way to go about it. But I do make sure – I am looking after what I'm putting into my body uh, mm-hmm. with the foods, especially after game, a lot of protein, yeah, uh, carbs and whatnot. But, um, yeah, mate, I'm not too strict on my diet. I mean, I, it's something I don't really want to um, talk about too much because I feel like sometimes I'm eating Maccas and I feel guilty for eating Maccas yeah. or if I... Because um, some players have if I'm like having a craving super and like, strict diets. Yeah, exactly right. And if I, if I want some ice cream, if I'm craving ice cream, ice cream, I can yeah. go get an ice cream. If I want Maccas, you know, I can, can go get Maccas. But there is definitely that sort of guilt that you live with eating it. But, um, yeah. mate, that's why I don't really have a diet. I, I probably should go on, let's be honest. But, um, <laughs> no, nah, I'm, I'm actually all good. I feel like I'm pretty fit and in good nick, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So what work do you have to do in the off-season to make sure that that shoulder's all good and that, you know, as you mentioned, your mobile shoulders don't yeah. so you know, I've, have that force that when they come out of place? Yeah, exactly right. So it's a 16-week rehab period. Uh, first sort of two weeks, three weeks, you're doing nothing. Um, and then sort of three weeks to six weeks, you get sort of movement back into it. Um, I'm in a brace at the moment that pretty much covers my whole torso, which is quite uncomfortable, but it is what it is. Um I'm doing small, light exercises on my left shoulder, mm-hmm. um, just getting it moving so it doesn't get really stiff. But, yeah, middle of Jan, like I said before earlier on, that uh, that's when I'll be back and roaring to get back into it, mate. I'll be, uh, yeah, I'll be uh, ready to go. So best base with Geordie Dugowie. Do you guys have little pair training sessions together during the off-season or...? Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes he just goes off the grid and just goes and trains by himself and trains at this gym. Um, not too sure. It's called crew. 
we'll wait. That's not Taylor um, Adams' gym, is it? Nah, it's no. not Taylor Adams' gym, but um, it's it's quite a while away from me and sort of near where he lives um, or where he used to live. So he goes out to there flat out and um, there's a yeah, like I said, he sort of goes off the grid sometimes. But we do we don't not work out with each other. We do work out. We do catch up quite a lot. Um, but yeah, we sort of because we're with each other every day. It's the mm-hmm. same with all the other players. You're with each other every single day yeah. for a, pretty much a long period of time. So then how important you is, get to the off so season. Then and, how important is friends outside of football? Yeah, absolutely. They're they're crucial. And family and friends outside of football, um, it's a change up. <coughs> Sorry, it's a bit of a change up, which is good. And mm-hmm. yeah, you get to the off season. It's not like you don't want to see him, but you're with him every day, and you kind of want to breather from the club, everyone around it. Um, even though you do love being around the place, mm. it's it's good to get away, go away with your misses, whatever it may look like, just to really reset yourself. <coughs> Sorry, mate. Got a That's bit a good cough. Yeah. <laughs> so still, I know some still, uh, and some of the boys were doing a bit of a carpentry <laughs> carpentry yep. course during COVID. You ever given thought into that? Nah, no way, mate. I'd never do um, any sort of carpentry or anything. But I remember when Geordie got uh, suspended and he had to go do uh, the the carpentry course or whatever. Or what what was it? Do you remember what it was? I think it was sort of um, labouring or whatever. And he actually came back and hurt his hammy because he'd been bending down, shoveling <laughs> shit all day. So. Um, yeah, no, it's we not still got me, gifted like this heap of stuff from um, Milwaukee Tools or something like that, yeah, and yeah. some Uncle Dicker steals like because he because he's sponsored by them or something like that, and so he gets given the tools and he's using them. He's posted on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, this is all cool. <laughs> Doing me carpentry yeah, course, yeah, yeah. and then, <laughs> uh, yeah, Dicker, here you go. There's the tools. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good old Sidey. Yeah. Um, just one last question before we go, Braden. I know you've got a busy schedule in the off-season and rehab and things like that. What's your best advice to any kids, 15-year-olds or younger, coming up through the system, TAC Cup, want to establish themselves um, you know, as an under-18s player or make the AFL? I would just – it might sound pretty cliche, but just try your absolute hardest in everything you do. Like, it's, it is something mm-hmm. that someone does – sort of give advice to quite often but it's simple it's effective if you just try your hardest keep showing up um you will find and get the results that you want and if you don't don't worry about it just keep on keeping on keep moving forward keep Mm -hmm. trying your hardest and if you put in the work the results will come and that's what I've found out and sort of the first couple of years of my career like I, I went into the system and like we touched on before I didn't really have my priorities right. Um, I didn't understand what it was or what I had to do to become a professional footballer. And mm-hmm. I just came back to just get to work, try your hardest in everything you do in the gym, out in the field, when you're training, just give it your absolute all in everything you do. So do that and I think you'll be fine. Yeah, absolutely. Braden, thanks so much for coming on today. No, thanks for having me, mate. It's been an absolute uh, pleasure. Thanks, Braden. This episode is brought to you by Monday Distillery High Spirits. Clear Minds Monday Distillery's award-winning non-alcoholic beverages. Head to mondaydistillery.com to purchase the drinks with all the spark of good and alcohol-free available at independent supermarkets, bottle shops, Dan Murphy, 7-Eleven and Coles Local. We'll see you soon. This is Sporting Max with Max Becker on SEM.